Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get Social Podcast, Episode 2. I am Dr. Jessica Emery, and I am crazy passionate about branding and all things patient experience. So I thought today that's what we would talk about here is making your patient experience your trademark. So first of all, I want to say that my entire world revolves around making people smile. And as a dentist, I'm sure yours does too. I know if you visit my social media, particularly Sugar Fix Dental after my practice, you'll instantly see that smiles are just my world. I see them everywhere um, and I'm always just shooting content around them because I feel like, you know, you give a smile, it makes someone feel great. And, you know, we're all in dentistry, so we love smiles. But there is, um, in order to get someone to smile, right, is like providing an insane dental experience. So providing the best dental care that you can give is a huge part of dentistry, but it's not the only part. You should be giving a lot of thought to your patient's experience before, during, and after their visit with you. Because the truth is, our patients have a lot of options when it comes to their dental care. I know for me, my practice in Chicago is in a very saturated area where I look out my door and there are five dentists like that I can see in proximity of my practice. And my practice is fee-for-service. So how do I do that? How do I collect 100% up front? And be different. I have created an experience and and also just through my branding on the outside and then my patient experience on the inside. Like I said, I've been able to be very successful in doing that. So it doesn't matter though, whether you are running a boutique practice like mine, which is fee for service and small, or if you have a more traditional dental practice, a larger one, you want to make sure that you are wowing your patients and giving them a reason to come back to you and to talk to other people about you, their friends and their family. So you need to let patients know that they matter to you and that you truly care about how they feel and that you are making their experience your top priority. This will help with patient retention and it's also going to lead to a bunch of other wonderful things like positive reviews and all of those referrals. So we know how valuable all of those things can be, right? Like reviews are huge and especially in this day and age. So the way that you're going to get these things is by making your patient experience your trademark. Let me say by offering, you know, just the littlest things to your patients in, you know, attention and um, communication and like all the little things in your practice, it's just going to be huge. So we'll get to that. But first off, let me just start by talking a little bit about me, giving you a little bit of background about my dental career, because I don't think I stepped into that in my first episode. So I grew up outside of Boston and never really had a full uh, interest in dentistry. My mother was a dentist. I remember having my teeth cleaned in the dental practice um, that she was actually a dental hygienist at before she went to dental school. And I remember the smell of it. I remember the fluoride overflowing in my tray, like not the best experiences whatsoever. I can definitely, definitely say that. But um, when I was maybe, I think I was around 13, my sisters, I have twin sisters, they were about 11. My mom followed her longtime dream of going to dental school. So she ended up going to Tufts um, while we were kids and 
she lived in Boston the first two years and then commuted the second two. And I remember as a kid going to have little sleepover parties at her apartment in Boston on the weekends and how much fun that was, which was great. But fast forward, um, when I was in high school, I you know, started dental assisting in her practice because I didn't really want a traditional job and that was easy for me. So I started dental assisting with her and then continued to do that through college. And in college, when I needed that beer money and I was working in her practice, something happened. I had started college, you know, decided, you know, they tell you you need a major. So I decided I wanted to do psychology. I loved people. I loved their, you know, their stories. And so I was like, I'm going to do psych. Well, what I discovered and found was that working in mom's office, sitting next to the patient while I was waiting for her to finish her hygiene check and come into the room, the patients just started to spill their heart and soul. And you guys know, you've seen this happen. They already have high anxiety, a lot of them, and they just start to talk and talk. And then sometimes the tears start to flow and they just connect with you. And I found that just to be so fascinating. It just touched my heart. I loved that. I loved that close proximity and personal relationship. And then when my mom would come in and she would work on a tooth, there was this whole other thing, right? Like the fact that there's a little black spot on the top of a tooth, like a dot, and all of a sudden you get in and it just blows out. I found so fascinating the fact that a little just you know microbe could start such a big party in the tooth but more than that so once that of course got cleaned out and then my mother would build this big beautiful amazing incredible looking gorgeous tooth and you know the art that went in behind that I loved that too so I fell in love with dentistry on my own it wasn't something that my mother said, hey, you should consider this career and go into practice with me. Nothing like that whatsoever. But I'm sure that my mother's passion for dentistry had something to do with it. She always had the most positive attitude. She loved what she did. And that, you know, definitely I can say she was my mentor um, because I, I wanted something that I loved too. So I fell into dentistry on my own. I ended up um, going from college to Tufts, which was my mom's um, dental school. That's where she graduated as well. We were the first mother-daughter to graduate from Tufts, which was really exciting. So she surprised me on the stage at Tufts, um, came out to hand me my diploma, which was wonderful. And after dental school, I decided I was going to practice with her. So I commuted from Boston to Worcester, Mass., which is where her practice was for the first year I was out and I loved it. I loved practicing with my mom. I loved everything about her office, but I had my own big dreams, my own vision for what I knew I wanted my practice to look like. I really didn't know anything beyond that, but that was definitely deep in my heart. So I, you know, I had this dream and it took one weekend visiting Chicago when I fell in love. I went out to Chicago for the first time. My sister had moved here and um, I came out to visit her and I just I knew instantly I knew immediately that this place Chicago was going to be my new home and it was going to be where I was going to build my dental practice so I decided that time I was actually with my mom visiting my sister I said I think I'm gonna move here and my mom being the coolest mom ever was like you know what do it 
you get one life and you know and not this is an opportunity so absolutely like fight your fear do it and within weeks literally i was packing my bags and moving out forgetting that i had to get my dental license out here but made that happen too and then i started um looking at dental practices even though i knew i wanted to have my own dental practice and started working with a dentist downtown was very open and honest about the fact that i would be breaking off to do my own thing and he as well i was very fortunate supported that idea he allowed me to come into his practice build my own practice within his practice under his roof um it was a deal that was like unbelievable and so in his practice the deal was though that i had to basically he'd give me everything i needed but i had to build my own practice under his roof in his practice so i hit marketing hard this is where like the marketing genius started i created the cutest little bags and kind of ran them around to different people and ended up building a really big practice within a year within his practice just through all of the little marketing things i was doing in the meantime during that year i was looking for spaces so i found a rundown record store in chicago that was i mean really run down if you saw pictures you wouldn't believe it but i i had that dream right i had that vision i knew what it could be and what it would look like when i went into the space it had beautiful lofted ceilings with the old tin now the tin i was looking at at the time had was crackling paint like i think it had been painted 10 times the original color which was silver had been painted red and then white and then probably silver again and it was just a mess but i loved the ornacity of the ceilings and i knew that they could just be gorgeous once again and i also knew that when my patients would be lying in the chairs down below and looking up they wouldn't be seeing drop ceiling that was stained which is a pet peeve of mine they would be looking at absolute gorgeousness so and i knew like i said the rest of the practice like i could just see it um you know through all of the clutter that was in that old record store that was closing so i decided that that was going to be my space and it was um it started at 1200 square feet maybe and so that process started of um the build out which was so super exciting i knew that I wanted to start my practice as a fee for service practice in a highly saturated area as i mentioned lots of dental practices outside of mine so despite everybody telling me it was a horrible idea i did not care <laughs> so you know you've got to remember when you're a fee for service practice you're not on insurance list so you have to figure out a way to get in front of people and at the time the banks and um i think the bank in order for me to take out my loan made me sign on with a consultant and that consultant just didn't get it i was like if i need to be on you know that street corner holding a sign that says need dental i'm going to make this happen and i recall that even um the consultants that i worked with at the time like made me do these mailers and i made sure it was my own artwork and you know reflective of of my brand that i had built but they didn't have me put um or current resident on those mailers and guess what they all came back 
it was a super transient area, like Lakeview where my practice is. And I'd probably say 85% came back. So what a waste of money from money that I was borrowing to try to get patients in the door. So anyway, (laughs) just, you know, you, you gotta be careful with stuff like that. And like I said, just really, really stick to your heart. But so the warnings I had received from, um, you know, the dental community, consultants, et cetera, was, it was super frustrating, but it did not deter me from my idea because I was always fascinated with a kind of fever service model and, you know, with pampering my patients and speaking their love language, I knew that I had it in me to overcome the challenges and build a very successful practice. I knew that if I could do it and do it well, that there would be no limits to what I could accomplish in my career. So today, I am proud to say that I run a seven-figure practice and I typically work under 24 hours a week. So, you know, I don't say this, you know, to talk all big. I don't even like to talk about money ever, actually, but I want you to see that this can be done and like you can do it too when it comes to being fee-for-service. So many dentists are afraid to get off of insurances but i'm telling you guys if you make your patient experience your trademark people take notice and you can do this too so um this kind of treatment like today especially in such a a whirlwind world of tech and everyone being so busy it's really rare this these days for anyone to kind of be treated you know kindly and you know you've got to just make it make their experience super unique to them so that they remember it and that they're thinking about it. I mean, think about it. When you go to the grocery store today, you know, more than often, it's like, oh gosh, you know, scanning, um, you're scanning or like bagging your own items. Like we're always, everything today is becoming this, this rat race. So you want to think about maybe even this is even changing in retail like if you go into a high-end store you're not even really greeted anymore like Louis Vuitton like you're not even greeted the way that you would have been back in the day like no one is taking this one-on-one care that we used to receive from people because everything is being replaced today with automation and speed even in the airport recently I don't know if you guys have noticed I miss traveling but I was traveling a lot before us all being home um and in quarantine, but when we were in an airport recently, and I can't recall which one because it's happening in all of them, everything is automated when you even wanna eat and sit down. It's like, you're not even met with a server anymore. Not someone saying like, hey, good afternoon, how are you? Yes, like that tomato soup is awesome. No, you can't even ask questions on whether or not your fish is gonna be fried or the way you might like it, like what your preferences might be. It's, you know, a computer, a little iPad on your table, and you have to put your computer in there, um, you know, to get to get served. And it's completely crazy. I mean, everything is going, everyone's living on their devices and their heads are down and we're just, we're not getting customer service and care. And you know what, actually, this is making me think of quarantine right now and how we really miss connection with people. And so many of us, thankfully, are connecting through our devices, but we miss human contact. And that is, like I said, in the world today, what's also happening, just to reflect, but 
we have an opportunity um, in our practices to get really close to our people. So as dentists, we have a unique opportunity to really shock our patients with the highest level of care. And I don't just mean care with their dentistry. We all know that that's amazing and good, but they don't. It's how did they feel? This is something that they crave, but have not been trained to expect. So when I was working with my mom, I envisioned what my practice would be like. I absolutely knew that the brand would have to be unique. And I also knew that my patient experience was going to have to be the front and center of absolutely everything I did. So let's talk about the physical environment. When I was looking at my spaces, um, the specific space that I chose, I was specifically looking for something that didn't look like a dental practice. So the space that I chose, you know, like I said, has a beautiful ornate uh, tin ceiling and I knew that I wanted uh, wood floors, like beautiful, I wanted real wood. <laughs> my husband kept telling me, you don't need real wood and when you clean them, but I said, no, it's got to be the real deal. Um, I also wanted a fireplace that was on my vision board. I didn't get that until later, but um, I immediately invested in state-of-the-art leather chairs, one-of-a-kind antique furniture, luxurious furniture, and interesting artwork to fill up the space. So I wanted the vibe of the office to be upbeat and like just warm and cozy meet state of the art. So I also invested in cashmere blankets, like real cashmere to put in my operatories because I wanted to be able to offer my patients, you know, this luxurious kind of experience, um, especially to those that were cold or anxious or those that just wanted to rest and relax during their visit because I wanted them to feel like it was more like a spa. So I wanted it to also smell like a spa. So let's be honest, guys, like most dental practices still have that medicinal smell that I remember as a kid, like the clove oil or I don't know, just that clinical dental smell that people hate. So I knew I wanted to do something different. And what we do is we are always burning Value Spa candles because they communicate luxury. Like people come in and it definitely smells like a spa. So I stock up on them because I want my practice to have that signature smell and people definitely recognize it when they come in. So, um, and you know, as a hot tip as well, you can buy candles like this, like beautiful, real nice, um, beautiful burning, high level smelling candles wholesale um, with your tax ID. So you'll find companies that you can get them from. And if you don't want to do candles or can't do candles in your practice, you can look at doing the, um, I've also looked into it, but there is that company that does smells like the Grand Floridian. So have you ever worked, walked into a store like a high-end store or like the Grand Floridian, as I'm thinking of, because we go there every year in Florida, has this like signature smell that's not headachey. It's not too much. It's just like this beautiful kind of light spa-like smell. That's also something that you could do and look into as well if candles aren't something. But do something. Do something that's different, something that doesn't smell like a dental practice because Seriously, nothing makes me happier when a patient comes in and remarks that we don't smell like a dental practice. Um, that's a huge win for me. And I really believe that something like that, something so little can surprise people these days in a really good way, of course. So, uh, so we've got the physical environment and then we're gonna go to the royal treatment, right? So they've come in, they've smelled the air and they've been greeted, um, well, greeted this is where we're going into greeted but like they come in they already feel great and then they are greeted with the royal treatment so 
you want to make sure that you've given them the experience for the senses, but they, the moment they walk into the door, it's huge for me that their experience immediately feels amazing. Like I said, they're, they're greeted with a human being. Um, you know, I want you to think about what is your patient experience when they enter your practice, because detail is everything here. My vision was huge when it comes to this. Um, and it's a small detail that can be neglected. I think in a lot of practices today, patients are still greeted by a distracted receptionist who might not even acknowledge them, or they might like look up and give them a nod or a finger like just a minute while they're finishing up a phone call. Not a super great experience. So in my practice at SugarFix, we do everything in our power to get up out of our seat and greet the patient with a smile and a handshake. Sorry guys, if you can hear the train <laughs> um, outside, but it is so critical that whatever is being done is stopped and that that person is greeted with eye contact. And like I said, that that person stands up to meet them eye to eye, huge. If it's winter, we take their coat from them and we'll hang it up. We always offer a beverage, whether or not they would like water or coffee. And if it's water, would they like sparkling or still? If it's coffee, we're bringing that out on a beautiful, um, you know, where the beautiful napkin on a tray. Um, if it's tea, we're offering them a honey stick. There are so many lit or honey spoon. There are so many little details that can go into this experience from the first step into your practice. So, you know, you always, like I said, want to offer, you know, to take their coat, um, ask, you know, how they're doing, engage in that conversation, but do it eye to eye, not sitting down and looking up at that person or just checking them in. Today, we also have the option the um, with our softwares, because we take pictures of all of our patients, it is imperative that your person at your front desk knows who's coming in. There is nothing that is going to wow a person more than you greeting them with their first name. And you, I don't care how busy your practice is, you know who that person is coming in because you've just seen them on a photo. So can you imagine, it's like walking to the Ritz-Carlton when they're like, Dr. Emery, it's so nice to see you. Are you kidding me? I don't even know how they do that because they don't have a photo of me, but come on, you guys, like you've all been there, you've done this. Let's make our patients feel like this too. It's incredible. So um, basically, no matter how long it's been since you know, our patients' last appointments, we remember them. And we do this by making sure that we ask a lot of questions and have that conversation in the ops, and then we add it to their notes. So we are reviewing their notes before their visit. We're going over them in our morning huddles. So we make sure we are all on the same page. When I come in to do an exam, I'm not, I come right in, meet them eye to eye and sit down and start my conversation. I don't take a minute to look at their chart behind them when they know you're in there. I mean, that's kind of awkward. We've all been in the physician's office where you can hear them like skirting through your chart notes on the outside of the door before they come through. Like, let's not do that. You have an opportunity to have reviewed everything in advance. Um, and or like your hygienist or assistant as well. You can do that triangle where you come in and they just immediately kind of bring you up to speed as well, whatever works for you. But it's really important for me personally that I see one person at a time. I do not jump rooms. I want that to be all about them when they are there. So when I have a patient or a guest there, I'm completely focused on them. 
and I spend as much extra time as I need in order to make sure that their comfort and dental needs are being met. That is part of my brand. Um, it's, it's really important. So one thing also that patients do not like, obviously you guys all know this, but don't ask them questions when you are in their mouth because that's really uncomfortable. You know, you want to let them zone out and watch their favorite Netflix show. Um, we have Bose noise canceling headphones that they are in so they can basically turn out turn off everything and just like tune out. I also do not think it's a great experience to be talking to your dental assistant over the patient. One, while you're, you know, again, people are crazy today. They live very, very busy lives. People now look at coming to the dentist and sitting in that chair as a moment to unwind and relax, believe it or not, a lot of them, as much as they may hate it, it's downtime. So let's not, let's give that to them. Let's let them be at peace and just relax. Whether that's watching a TV show, awesome. If they're just like, no, I don't want to do anything, then give them that grace. Give them that moment just to unwind. And, you know, no one wants to hear about what was happening yesterday or your kids or that life. Usually they don't. They might pretend to, but but not really. So that's their visit. They're paying for it. Let them have that time. Um, even when they're in noise canceling headphones, they can hear you chit chattering over them. I, again, I would keep it, keep it kind of silent. They, that way too, they know that you're focused on their teeth, their dental work, and like you're really invested in doing that. So stay focused. Eye on the prize, which is, you know, their teeth. And I always let my patients know when they have their headphones on that if I do need to speak to them, do not worry. Like I'll make sure, um, that I bring them into that conversation with, you know, whatever it is I need to talk to them about. So little touches in a dental practice. Um, I, we have thought about everything. Um, we, a little touch is when they are in the chair. I mean, what does everybody have with them when they're in our operatories? What's on everybody's lap? Their cell phones. So we can eyeball their cell phones and see their battery. There is nothing that is um, more wowing to a patient than handing them a Mophie battery pack to charge their phone while they're in your chair and they get to leave with a full battery charge. Um, we're all working from our phones today and nobody likes a battery that's on 2%. <laughs> so that's a little touch that you can do. Um, we give them uh, a straw. It's really important if you are going to give them a beverage in the operatory that you think about the fact that most of them are numb and that their lips will not work to drink that beverage. You don't want them to go take a sip of water and have them dribble it all down their um, dental napkin. So make sure you give them a straw and you can even help them a little bit by like helping close their lips around that straw, letting them know that they can do that too um, to make sure they can get that actual sip of water. But you want to beat them to the punch and not have them ask for things like anticipate what their needs are going to be. When it comes to handbags for patients, uh, women, females especially, you want to make sure that you set that, you take that handbag from them and that you have a place in the operatory to set it. People don't like to leave their handbags and they also do not want to put them on the floor. So make sure you either have a bench, a little bench or stool like we do at the end of the chair or a little hanging like hanger on the wall, um, like a pretty ornate one, like a hook, 
not a hanger, a hook, um, where you can you can hang their handbags because some women have those beliefs. Well, no one wants a beautiful purse on the floor anyway, um, but some have the beliefs that if they put it on the floor, like their money will fly out. Um, it happened to me once, like when I first opened and started a thousand years ago, and I can tell you I learned from it and I will never, ever do it again. So I ran out and got the bench, a, like a pretty hook and everything that there was, and I have never, ever put a handbag on the floor again. So, uh, but small acts like this do not go unnoticed. Like even though they're little small things, people do take recognition of that. So um, you can soothe their senses with um, aromatherapy. We have, um, I have aromatherapy in my practice. I have lavender in each room. So I put a little lavender on a little gauze and then I clip it on the little clip on their apron so they can smell a little bit of that lavender is coming up underneath their nose, which is so relaxing and beautiful. Um, most everybody loves that. If they have a preference that they do not care from that, we make sure we have that on their route slip so that we do not, you know, obviously do that in the future. But um, there are ways to use aromatherapy, um, you know, like I said, in the ops, and most people do really like it. We also offer warm neck pillows. A lot of people are doing that today. I have the best covers for them ever that fit them perfectly. If anybody wants to know um, what the name of those are, I haven't been to the practice in a while, so I don't know off the top of my head, but please feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram, either at Dental Spray or the Dental Diaries or Sugar Fix, <laughs> Dental Loft, any or all. I'm happy to pass on that um, company because they are literally the best perfect neck pillows, like um, the covers that we have ever, ever, ever used. So um, warm neck pillows, obviously huge, and you can find neck pillows today that already have like lavender in them, which is nice. But like I said, some people don't care for the lavender uh, or scents at all. So you probably want to just go with a plain pillow and then just accent it with, um, you know, like I said, the, the aromatherapy, particularly if someone has a cold, um, it's nice because you can use eucalyptus to kind of clear their nose as well. That's, that's a nice one. Some people like that too. Um, we also have a spritz in our ops. I have two spritzes, one love spell by Victoria's secret, absolute favorite. I have detoured from that. People have like asked where the smell actually is. I mean, that's how crazy people do remember. experience guys people remember everything so whether you're using aromatherapy whatever you're doing just take good care like it's all in the detail my approach to patient care has always been to ensure that my patients are truly really happy and that they keep coming back to me for more treatment that they become lifers and that they tell their friends and family all about sugar fix <laughs> I call it sugar because the referrals are everything for me, especially as a fee-for-service practice in a saturated market. So you want people to like rave about you and tell their friends that you are like a spa and all the lovely amenities you have and that you take good care of them. This all comes through in reviews, um, especially like our reviews. They all scream this, which is amazing. And I love that. So basically um, a couple of other just quick pointers, which I know most of you do use are obviously we all use um, patient email reminders, which we're using many of us, uh, Smile Reminder or Lighthouse, Local Med, phenomenal company, and um, Dental Intelligence, another phenomenal company that works with Local Med. But you want to make sure that patients are receiving 
you know, text reminders as well as email reminders. We just signed up with Weave. I'm excited for that when we get back because they have two-way texting from your office phone and you don't have to use their phone lines, which is great because again, in my old building, the Wi-Fi is can be super sketch. We have two Wi-Fi's and it goes in and out all the time. So I didn't want to risk the phone, um, you know, but we are using the text and that's going to be incredible because people, you know, that's how people communicate today, which is fantastic. Make sure that your online scheduling can be found right away when a patient lands on your website or on your social media, for instance, Instagram, make sure that you have a link tree set up and the first button on your link tree is click to schedule. And that should go right to your scheduling with local med where they can make their appointment stat. People do not want to wait around. They don't want to look for things. People do not have time today. So make it very easy for them to text or call you whatever their preference may be. So Make sure to continue investing in yourself and your practice. Um, obviously, with technology, that's huge. I encourage all dentists to get a CRAC. I think they're phenomenal. I'm a CRAC practice. All I do are CRACs when I'm not doing cosmetic dentistry or a class five or an occlusal. Everything is a CRAC restoration. Phenomenal add-on. Definitely where technology is, talking to people about that kind of technology. They want to be part of that. They want to be in a cutting edge practice. So that is definitely, definitely worth the investment. And then obviously investing in you, um, you know, your education matters too, which is again, why I built the brand bootcamp, why I am um, in the midst of building another bootcamp that will go um, after the brand bootcamp. But I just want to be able to help you guys understand that brand is where people are buying from today. Like people are engaging on social media more than ever. It is so critical that their first landing point, which is your website reflects everything about you that it doesn't contain stock imagery. It should scream you, your practice, your culture. They want to be part of something big. They want to feel comfortable with you and trust you. And they will make that buying decision on the outside. So please, 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 like brand, spend the time there, invest in yourself. I know it's scary. I know a lot of you don't want to do the work. You hired a company to do it. Maybe a company made your logo. If it does not resonate with your heart, it is critical that it does. And it's never too late to start and kind of do tweaks on your brand um, so that then you can make sure everything is cohesive, consistent, and pull through from the outside to the inside to your patient experience and then through all of your social media channels as well as your marketing materials. This is so important for when you guys get back. I want you to be set up for success and I'm telling you this will wow your patients. I would love for you to go back and have us all be taking care of our patients because you know at the end of the day we wouldn't have patients we wouldn't have practices uh, we wouldn't be able to take care of our teams if it wasn't for our amazing people that um, pay us and take care of us and keep us in business so with that being said i hope that this helped today thank you for joining me here on my second podcast if there's anything um, you would like me to take a deep dive into topic wise, I'd be happy to do that. Please let me know. Shoot us an email at Dental Soiree. Um, and I hope you're following along on social at um, Dental Soiree, uh, Dental Girl Gang, The Dental Diaries. And if you'd like to follow and see what we're doing over at my practice, Sugar Fix Dental Loft, as far as um, experience, culture, and the technology we use, the procedures we do, uh, please follow us there at Sugar Fix Dental Loft as well on Instagram. All right. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next time.